part two of my interview with Marie, parent leader at Leander ISD here in Texas. This episode, uh, this episode, sorry guys, should not be listened to by children. Also, if you have experienced sexual violence, I want to warn you that the summaries of these books uh, may trigger some feelings about your past trauma. So please be prayerful and consider if you can listen to this. In this episode, Marie will summarize several books that are on the school's approved reading list for their quote-unquote diversity. If you haven't listened to part one, I encourage you to start there. In part one, Marie explains how these sexually uh, violent books were discovered and how she, and also she offers some insight on what you can do in your district to discover what, you know, some of these books uh, and to find out if they're on your district's approved reading list or in your library. Uh, more books are being discovered each day. Uh, many questionable books are also being discovered in the elementary school. So now let's listen to Marie as she describes these books. Here's your opportunity to hear the full truth from a Leander ISD parent leader in this fight. Now, I know parents are really curious. And even though parents know that sometimes my podcasts are a little bit, um, you know, they're not for the tender ears, they're not for the kids. You know, I, I would like you to share a little bit about some of these books. Um, can you, I know there's so many, like in the dream house, there's so much, I've read so much of that book that I, I don't know, we can't read the whole book, obviously, but can you give us a summary? That's the book that, that most media has been talking about. Can you tell the parents, what is it about in the dream house that is so harmful to our kids? Yeah. Um, so the, in the dream house book, uh, the first point I want to make is that, uh, this book, you know, I will concede it's beautifully written in terms of um, style, right? That this is a very talented author and I wanna commend her and give her credit for that. Um, her book is meant for an adult audience and she owns that and she's open about that, that this is an adult book, this is not a young adult book. So that's the first point I wanna make that our district chose this book knowing that it was an adult book and that it could get, or it would be in minor's hands. Um, the book itself <clears throat> is an autobiography. It's based on her life. She, uh, the book, my biggest concern with this book actually is not the consensual sex that's occurring throughout the book. It is the description and this kind of long plot line that happens between the author when she is a minor, she's a teenager. Um, she's involved with her church and she develops a relationship with her pastor, her male pastor, who's married and he's an adult. and um, it really goes into detail about what I now know is grooming. Um, at that age, I didn't know what that was. Um, and I actually went to a high school where this was going on with one of my own teachers and I didn't know it because I didn't recognize it. So this book really describes that relationship in detail and blurs the lines. Um, they go on a church retreat and they skinny dip together, you know, in the moonlight under the stars. Um, they're having intimate phone conversations. Uh, it's clearly romantic. Um, and, you know, there's some jealousy going on there where he's controlling and doesn't want her having other relationships. Um, but it never once says that it's wrong or uses the word grooming or anything like that. And so for a high schooler who may not recognize that they think, oh, my teacher's so cool or my pastor's so cool because they're treating me like an adult and we're having adult conversations and, you know, he's he is interested in me in that way. They might not understand that that 
is wrong and it's illegal. Um, you know, adults cannot have sexual relationships with minors. Um, and there are certain tactics that they will predators will use, and it's called grooming, to sort of blur those boundaries and blur those lines, to sort of test the waters and desensitize you to lead you to, you know, an actual sexual act with them. Um, but you're a minor and you cannot consent, and that's really important to know. Um, <clears throat> so that is the part in this book that's most concerning to me, and it's gotten no press coverage and nobody's mentioning it. Um, they're focusing on these consensual sex acts between the women in the book throughout. Um, and those are, I don't even know what I should say or could say about those <laughs> other than if you've read Fifty Shades of Grey, that's pretty much what you're reading in these books. Um, there's, there's rough sex where, you know, her partner, she asks her to, you know, kind of suffocate her, cover her mouth, you know, and kind of stifle her as they're having sex, um, you know, asking her to have rough sex with her, fantasizing about having sex under dead animals, like in a, it's a very strange scene. I mean, it's, a lot of this is just very, I'd say it's different than Fifty Shades of Grey in that there's just a lot of like strange other extraneous um, things with the setting that are strange, like what I just said with the dead animals, like it's a very strange thing to introduce. Um, also, and, and this is all, Marie. I mean, this is this is all for what grade is this book being suggested for? Well, this one is actually on the English four list, so for seniors. Um, and looking back, my senior year, I think I was seventeen. Like for most of that year, I left for college when I was seventeen. So you're still a minor. But what people don't realize is that these books aren't just on the class list. These books are also in the library. So if I'm a mm -hmm. freshman and I go to the library and I've seen some buzz around in the dream house and I want to see what that's all about. If I'm a 13 year old, 14 year old freshman, I can go to the library and I can check that book out and there's no warning flag on that book and nobody's going to stop me. They're going to let me walk out of that library with that book, our school library. So um, when the, the, the people advocating for this say, well, it's on the senior list, so it's okay. Um, it's not okay because not all seniors are 18. They are not fully being warned about what the content is in the book. And they're doing this without parental consent for minors. And it's also readily available in the library, school library paid for with your tax dollars. So it's not okay. And, you know, I read that Marie, and, I, and if you're listening right now, I'm going to have pictures of that, um, on the website so you can read it. You can also go to, uh, Marie, remind me, um, there's, uh, I'm anyway, there's a website called teach. Is that correct? Can you tell us about that website that has a lot of, um, pictures of these books that are being challenged at Leander ISD? Yes. Uh, so there's a website that someone, uh, uploaded a bunch of the, um, you know, screenshots and of the book excerpts that we're talking about right now for if parents want to see them. Um, I think one of the biggest challenges has been that, you know, you want to keep, you know, on top of what your kids are reading and you want to know what's in the books, but who has time to read, you know, for every book club unit, right. there's 15 books. So who has time to do that? Right. So there are some uh, sections on that website, uh, teach parental rights, where you can go and you can look and see the various some of the various books that we've been talking about right now. Um, and you can actually read excerpts from those books uh, because the media can't print those excerpts and they can't even summarize them because it violates FCC regulations. And so if you 
really are seeking information, you can't get it from regular media. That's right. Now you said it's called Teach Parental Rights. Is it .org, .com? Um, .com. Okay, perfect. So parents, if you want to read excerpts from this book uh, and other books, actually, and just learn what is happening at Leander ISD, there's a lot of great resources on that website that'll help give you some ideas and thoughts about what you might be looking into in your own school. And also parents remember that even though we're only talking about a handful of books today, it does, if you don't find those books in your library or on your child's book list, it doesn't mean that there aren't other books. And so it's so important for you to do your own research. And it does mean, like Marie was mentioning, that it does take time. You're probably going to have to read some of these books yourself to ensure that they're appropriate for your kids. Um, now, tell us, Marie, there's another book that's raising concern that not a lot of, I think there's two more. Can you tell us a little bit about the next two books? Mm -hmm. um, another one that popped up recently, actually, was the book Out of Darkness. Um, I believe it's by author Ashley Hope Perez. And this one is, uh, it's on the ninth grade reading list for our district, but it's also in the library. And this was a book that actually didn't stand out to me as problematic because I went to Common Sense Media and I looked it up and there didn't seem to be anything hugely wrong with it um, other than the obvious stuff. Um, and it was the parent reviews further down, people kind of rates, giving it a star rating that where I saw some of the things flagged. Um, so this book is, it is describing, it's meant to, to be in the early, or I believe the early 1900s in Texas. And so it's meant to highlight the, the racial tensions that, you know, existed during that time. And the character is Hispanic and it's a kind of a love story about her relationship with um, with a black male during that time and just kind of the secrecy involved in that relationship. But really the main focus is this main character and she tells her story from when she's a child through uh, the end of the book when she dies, she's murdered. Um, and there are graphic, graphic scenes describing her stepfather, um, sexually abusing her when she's around seven years old. Um, I don't even know how to give specifics on this one. They're describing the act in great detail, eroticizing it. Um, it happens repeatedly during this book, uh, talking about these scenes of what's going on as a child. Uh, as she grows up, her mother dies, and as she grows up, uh, it's just this constant focus on the sexual advances from the stepfather and the abuse. Uh, her church pastor becomes involved and it actually encourages her to marry her stepfather when she's a minor, a teenager, which is very strange. She has a little brother and a little sister. They're twins. And there's a graphic scene in the book where there's an explosion at the elementary school and one of the twins dies. And it talks about the carnage in great detail, the body parts strewn all over, the blood and the gore, the teeth, um, and, you know, relating that to the loss of the twin, right? And they actually find her body too and describe that. Um, the and, and there's a lot of hot and heavy consensual sex between the two uh, teens who are in love, very, very graphic sex scenes. Um, and then at the end, the stepfather, there's this climactic scene, the stepfather ties the boyfriend to a tree and is using terrible racial slurs against him. Um, 
forces the 10-year-old little brother to watch all of this unfold holding a gun. And he beats and rapes his teenage daughter who's underage. And it's very graphic, describing the sex act, um, what it felt like, um, the little boy's watching, being made to watch. Then the stepfather beats the boyfriend and tells the little boy to shoot the, the boyfriend. The, the child shoots the stepfather instead, and it describes in graphic detail his head exploding and parts hitting the tree behind, very graphic. Um, and then the ending of this movie is that everybody is dead, except for the little boy. Uh, and he vomits after he shoots the father. So it is that's hard to, this is, the, this is the one that's third grade reading level. And I've had actually many moms reach out who uh, who read this book and they themselves were just completely um, disturbed either because they'd had trauma as children or just because they were sensitive to this content. And I think that's another great point, you know, that we don't think about that we're putting this burden on parents to kind of be the watchdog for their kids' uh, curriculum. And a parent shouldn't have to be surprised reading this or feel triggered and have a book dredge up all of their trauma that they've spent decades trying to recover from. It's just really not right. It's not fair. Um, and that's a book that's third grade reading level. So again, it's very hard to justify why this book is on the list. Um, and on the ninth grade list, only one book I believe is actually grade level reading. They're all below grade level. And the justification for that from the teachers who are advocating to keep these books on the list, they say that Heavier content typically has a lower lexile level because the literature is complex, they say. Um, in other words, traumatic, I guess, is what we're actually saying by complex. But um, So that's on the ninth grade list. There's another book on the ninth grade list called What We Saw. That one is the main point of the plot is um, it's a high schooler. I believe she's maybe 15 or so. This... Um, gang rape happens where a bunch of football players rape uh, one of the girls in the storyline and it's filmed. Uh, so they, they are laughing. They think it's funny and they're filming it on camera. And so the book tells the story of how this all transpires. Um, there's consensual sex as well between this main character and her boyfriends. Uh, they have drinking and drug use and driving under the influence without any mention that you shouldn't do that. That's probably not safe. Um, and they have this graphic, graphic gang rape scene where it describes the boys taking turns and what they're doing and how they're doing it. And it is just beyond disturbing. Um, and there's just, I mean, there's so many just like that, that are just, oh, it's, you'd be hard pressed to find a book that's actually that you'd want your child to read. These are all unrecognizable names, contemporary literature that haven't been time tested or no one's had a chance to really read them. And uh, this is what they, this is what they have inside of them. So Marie, I mean, just, you know, I know that you describing these books are not anywhere near how they're written and how they open up a person or the reader's imagination. Um, I know earlier you mentioned at the end of the movie, and I think you probably meant at the end of the book. Um, I'm sorry. Yes. It almost feels like a yeah, movie. It, it's so graphic. <laughs> Well, and that that's actually the point that I wanted to make is that I, I bet you as you're listening to this podcast, how shocked you are, you, you may have wanted to turn this off or fast forward. I don't blame you. Um, 
but imagine our children's imaginations and, you know, and, and even us as adults, you know, Marie, you, you, you called it a movie, you know, because our imaginations are so, you know, detailed. And as you're reading this, um, what it's bringing up, it's, it's your imagination, your emotions, the fear, the everything going on in your body as you're reading this and imagining it happening in your mind is absolutely frightening. Uh, and traumatic. It's absolutely traumatic. And there's nothing trauma informed about this. There is nothing that adds to the academic, um, you know, a, a greatness of the school whatsoever. There's nothing that's added to the child uh, in a literary sense to the uh, by reading these books. If anything, they're traumatic. And it's eroticizing uh, events that are that are very violent. Uh, that, that as a society, we have already considered to be crimes, um, but yet these books are eroticizing it. And so um, I know that the people who have come against Marie, you know, you're part of many parents, you know, thousands of parents at Leander ISD who are combating this. You guys have been consistently attacked and said that you all are bigots and haters because you are taking a stand against these books. Nothing that Marie described today in these books have anything to do with discriminating against a person. Um, nothing that Marie said today is advancing or helping the cause of people who have gone through sexual violence. I myself have someone who has been through sexual violence and these books don't bring any kind of healing to that. If anything, for a child to read uh, for a child who's been through through this trauma and to read this as it's being eroticized is very not only traumatic triggering of their past violence, but also so confusing because we know that the trauma of sexual violence is wrong. A child is very confused by that. And then to read literature provided by their own school district that eroticizes that very trauma is beyond words. I mean, it is just wrong and it is an assault on our children. And Marie, I just want to give you and all the parents of Leander ISD uh, a, a big hug, but also a congratulations because you're doing very difficult things because uh, from what I hear, many of you have been personally attacked, inappropriate things being delivered to your homes. And, 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 and this has been very difficult for many of you. Is that right? Yeah, um, and and that is the important thing too. Is that um, you know I know other groups want to or the proponents of this literature want to label and you know marginalize and categorize you as a certain way. Um, there are so many parents. There's uh, different subgroups of parents. You know, there's so many parents who've organized, uh, which is really really exciting. That parents have sort of, uh, I guess learned or getting more savvy with how to fight back. Um, so grouping together as little small groups where you're coordinating your activities and your letter writing and all of those things. Um, and so, yeah, some of those groups, I have heard some very, you know, crazy stories of hate mail and yeah, all kinds of things that are just, um, and you can see it in the media, even just the spin on these articles, everything we just talked about with uh, the big, you know, in the dream house, that's been the feature of, of all the news media articles. Um, what I described with the grooming and the illegal relationship that's in that book, no one's talking about that. The headline is, you know, LGBTQ um, censorship um, and the quotes that 
these proponents are giving are saying that we are you know, bigoted people um, and that these books are meant to um, allow the reader to see themselves in the story. And it really struck me, Monica, when you just said, um, you know, to have, have a student reading this story and like identifying with that personally from their own trauma, how wrong that is. And that's the truth. But that's what they're saying is the whole point that they want to have these books representing you know, each person's experiences so they can see themselves in the story. And that's the goal and the intention. Um, and the movie comment, the Freudian slip, um, that if we were to make this into a movie, I mean, and show it to a minor, I mean, you'd be arrested. This one book in particular with the father and the child, uh, that's illegal. That's, that's child pornography. You can't actually make a movie about that or put it in a theater for anybody to watch. Um, and that's another important call out. Um, and the other point I want to make is that it's not it's not a bigotry issue. It's about protecting children and what kind of material parents should, uh, you know, have an understanding that when they send their kids to school, that they don't have to worry about um, this material being given to their kids. And there's a lot of uh, families that have two parent working households, you know, trying to put food on the table and you send your kid off to school and you think that this is a good place for them, it's a safe place, and then something like this happens, and it's very, it's a breach of trust, and there's many, I personally have friends within the LGBTQ community who are equally as outraged by this material. They are upset that they're being associated with this, that somehow this is part of their, you know, movement, and it's not. It's not representative of what, you know, majority of LGBTQ people believe should be introduced to children at all. And I feel that it's wrong for the other, you know, the other group who's advocating for these books to stay on the list. I feel that it's wrong for them to be associating the two. Um, I don't think that's right. Excellent points. And you're right. There is a growing population of LGBTQ people who are choosing to speak out on some of this. And we need to hear more uh, because this is the sexualization of children. This is uh, normalizing sexual violence. It's eroticizing sexual violence. And so, uh, and it's not the job of the school district to provide books on sexual violence um, and to play quote unquote counselor with the children. Cause that, that is the worst thing. It's like, why would you want to give a child who's been sexually traumatized a book about sexual trauma that eroticizes it there that it's almost, it, it's just cruel. Actually, there is no counseling in that. There is no protection in that. There is no healing in that. There is just the potential for more harm. Uh, so again, not trauma informed whatsoever. Uh, Marie, thank you so much. Um, you know, one of the other things that I know that that the Leander ISD parents have been doing is, and you mentioned a little bit about this, is letter writing, a petition, and attending the board meetings on a consistent basis. Um, can you tell us more about that? What do you suggest parents do? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, your instinct is to go out and scream and yell and be loud um, with your picket sign, right? You just because it's the emotional reaction of when you realize what they're doing and what they're showing. These are our children. Um, I think the most effective thing um, that we all can do, any parent who's concerned, um, you can write letters to your school board. So um, in Leander ISD, I believe the email address is governance team at leanderisd.org. I'll have to double check on that. 
Um, you can put your thoughts in your letter. You can include book excerpts that are concerning to you. And it goes to the entire board and the superintendent. So they see that and they hear you. Um, you can also write letters to uh, to your, your elected representatives um, and your state legislature. You can write letters to the Texas Education Agency. If you're in the state of Texas, it's the TEA. Um, you can reach out to your state board of education rep that's for your district and um, inform them of what's going on. You can create a petition. I believe there's many petitions circulating in our district right now. Uh, and there was one more important thing that it's escaping me at the moment. Um, well, you oh, all yes. have and consistently attended your board meetings as well. Yeah, there's been quite a big turnout with parents showing up um, from both sides of the spectrum, uh, where you have some who are proponents for this, and a lot of them are teachers, um, and then people who are are um, speaking out against it. And um, I have been very impressed by by the groups or the, the parents that are showing up because they are very um, measured in their responses. They're very factual. I think the most compelling thing you can do is just to show the material itself because you can't spin actual text that if you're sharing publicly what is in these books and giving that transparency to parents and to the board, um, it's, really, it's hard to argue with that. Um, so just really building awareness about what's in the books and not the media spin, but the real truth about what's what's happening. And you were going to mention one more point, Marie. Do you remember what that is? Um, racking my brain. Uh, oh my goodness, I can't. Um, in our case, with um, with some of these books being so graphic, uh, one thing that we have considered doing is contacting law enforcement as well, uh, particularly about the the adult you know, with the small child and this eroticized abuse scene um, because it actually does break the law outside of a school. And we believe that it actually breaks the law within a school as well. So. Good point. Yeah. Not to be afraid to contact your local law enforcement, um, your elected sheriff. I mean, uh, contact your elected officials, period. You are their constituents and getting them involved at every level is important. Uh, we also have a public library in each of our cities. And so contacting the city council, um, it's very important, your state board member. So you have your board of trustees here in Texas. You have your board of trustees at your district level, but then you also have your elected state board of education member. Um, so important to involve them. And all of their emails are available online. Send them the, the information. And in, in the case of Texas, you don't have to send it to just your member. Send it to all of your members because this is happening in our schools. And it's important that they know that and that you remind them that you're their constituent. You have elected them and, and you want them to represent you as, as they promised that they would. So those are all great things that y'all have been doing at Leander ISD. Once again, Marie, I just thank you so much. I'll make sure in the show notes to have all of these points and also the, the link to teachparentalrights.com where parents can also read more about what's happening at Leander ISD, mostly so that you can start seeing if maybe some of this is happening in your own school. Thank you, Monica, so much. Um, I hope that this has been helpful for all the parents and that it's a good starting point for people to start digging into their kids' curriculum and paying more attention to who's running for school board and all the things that we take for granted that are, uh, that our kids are safe 
and, uh, and that we can stay on top of it. Uh, Marie, I want to thank you and all the parents that have been combating this at Leander ISD because I have been following you because I'm a former Leander ISD parent. <laughs> so, and my, my son went to Cedar Park High School. So this, this was really dear to my heart. I mean, this is dear to my heart anyway, but especially because it was happening in my district. And, um, but what I've been so impressed by is how level-headed the parents have been. All of you have really been tackling the true issues that are, that basically are tackling issues that harm all children, not just a particular group of children, but all children. And um, you guys have been right on the money. I haven't seen any name calling. I haven't seen anything that that people usually accuse us of. <laughs> and uh, and y'all have really handled this with um, with a lot of grace, a lot of strength, a lot of bravery, a lot of courage. And and I also know that you guys have been seeking out education and help from the community to help equip you to do this. And you guys have been doing an, an amazing job. So thank you so much for you and all of the parents at Leander ISD who are, who are doing this to protect all the children. Thank you, Monica. I appreciate that so much. And yes, it's, it's all about the children, just keeping them safe and uh, giving them the best education that they can get with, uh, with good, clean curriculum. That's right. And I want you to know that myself and the people involved with it takes a family. We have you guys in our prayer, um, you know, list, like we are praying for you guys, because this is this is a difficult thing to be doing. Um, once you start combating this, there can be a lot of spiritual attack as well as attack from people. And so just know that you guys are covered in prayer. Thank you, Monica. We appreciate that so, so much. <laughs>